0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Internet's Most Hated Mafia-Themed Geek Podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Aliens of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors, and those visiting from the spirit realm needing to listen to a podcast or two for whatever reason. Since we are either A, on our way back from Four State Comic Con, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania 2023, or already back from Four State Comic Con, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania 2023, uh, We still have a lot of stuff to go through, organize, edit, and post up to various platforms such as Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, which in turn will go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. We understand that you as a regular listener or a brand new listener want to hear content In the meantime, while we're getting organized with everything, we promise you the four state comic con Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 2023 stuff will be posted up this week. We just need that time, but we can't leave you hanging. So upon listening to stuff in our archives, we found a little bit of, well, it was an interview. Let's put it like that, that we think you would love to hear. That interview is from a now long defunct, podcast that we've brought up before and aired on our end as a lost media episode. That defunct podcast is known as Slacker and the Man podcast. Now, this this is taken from an episode that is roughly 10 years ago, if not a little bit longer. It is an interview they did with comic book writer Troy Hickman. Uh, Troy Hickman, Hickman is... Or say he received two Eisner Award nominations for his book Common Grounds, and in 2008 was one of the winners of the Top Cow Pilot Season Competition for his comic Twilight Guardian. Now, like I said, this is just a clip from that old episode. Uh, The original episode was over two hours long. This is a severely edited down episode. Uh, You're going to hear the The intro music, them introducing themselves, the interview itself, then you're going to hear them saying, in essence, saying goodbye, then the outro music. And for those of you wondering out there, why don't we share every now and again a full length episode of Slacker and the Man, since we, in a way, were going to be competing with them, or in regards to show friends, uh ping-ponging you know heel baby face sort of thing with them uh well some of their old episodes were in fact or maybe in fact problematic and to kind of minimize things we just want to share this interview so i hope you enjoy the interview uh what else can i say but hey george cue the music
1: we'll be right back with more of the long coat mafia podcast
0: Attention,
2: radio listeners. Check this out. Atenciones, de radio. It's time, yo. It's
3: time.
2: Pull my finger. Here, here we go. We go. Coming to you live from a studio in central Florida. It's a show that's not afraid to wallow in its own feces along with its listeners. Slackers and the
3: man. The man.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 219 of slacker Demand of slacker to I'm your host, The Man. We also have with us this week, Dobbs. Hello. Nash. Yo. And Dusty. This must be
3: what going mad feels like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see if we can get a hold of uh, Troy Hickman here. Oh, that old Skype uh, sound effect. Yeah. I haven't heard that in a long time. That oh, always felt uh, good. Oh my god, that's so
3: loud. Oh. oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Oh! Oh! What the hell? Hello. <laughs> oh, we're we're through. <laughs> oh, we're we're through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, without a hitch. Hello. Hello, Hello again.
2: Yeah. Hello again. Hey, Mr. Hickman, how's it going?
3: Hickman, how's it going?
1: Yeah, I'm here. You might have
2: to uh, mute your uh, stick cam.
1: Yeah. Hang on, just a sec.
2: All right. Right. It's echoing. It is echoing, but that's okay. Once he mutes the stick cam, we'll be good. Yeah, I don't hear yeah, it now. Yeah, so. I don't hear it. All right, now, let's, go, let's do this again. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Hickman, how's it going, sir? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. I still hear fuzz. So. Dusty, are you ready for this?
2: All right, you're, you're yeah. on, buddy. Yeah, your time to take shine? her away,
3: man. You got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you muting your mic? What? <laughs>
0: hey, something is wrong. You will have to carry on without me. I'm muting myself for the good of the wow. team. But
3: you don't, get that. you don't get to ask your wonderful question you had set up. My totally asinine question? Yes. That I don't both even... Both of them. Both? Both. With an both. L? Both with an L. Boop. <laughs> He there? I
2: think so. I still, like I said, I still hear. Uh...
3: I'm not sure that he can hear us anymore. I'm not. Um, I don't know. I wonder was, if um, he connected. muted everything. It's This is great radio. I, it I really? Mean, that's, is. That I know. Um, so, what's it like being static?
1: being <laughs> static. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yes. Can you hear us? Yeah, I, I'm still getting an echo effect here, though.
3: Yeah. I don't know why. That's odd. Um. I blame Dusty. Yeah.
2: I mean, this is his pet project, you know. I mean. It is. Way to go, Dusty. Um. All right. So we have, uh, we have. We uh, have Mr. Troy Hickman, uh, professional comic book writer, uh, two-time Eisner Award nominee. Uh, he's known for his works on uh, New Grounds.
3: Uh, Three-time uh, Miss Newgrounds? America, was it?
2: Uh, Three-time uh, Miss America. Common yeah. Grounds? Or Common Grounds, Ground, not New Grounds. Wow. wow. Um, also way, to, way to insult the man. Also, his work on uh, City of Heroes, the City of Heroes yeah. comic, yeah. which his storyline was actually included as uh, you know, I part have, of the game. You
3: I, know, I have those comics somewhere. Mm. I cannot find them. So, how uh-huh. you doing today, Mr. Eggman? <laughs>
1: I'm fine. Um, there's a hell of a lead in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm doing great. I think I've got the uh, the echo problem uh, fixed here, so uh, hopefully you guys can hear me and there's not a problem.
3: Yep, we read you loud and clear. Yeah, sounds better now.
1: Okay.
2: So, uh, uh, tell me, Mister Hickman, uh, one of the things you know that uh, that I've always wondered. You hear more about the the artist in comic books and how they break into the business and all that good stuff. How does somebody who's a writer, primarily a writer, get. How do you break into the comics business as a writer, not so much as an artist?
1: Well, um, like most of the folks in comics, I slept my way to the top.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is it's very probably effective. a lot more true these days than it was in the old days. I don't know. But um, in my case, you know, I. Um, it was more luck than anything else. I've just had sheer dumb luck most of the time I've been in comics. Um, I started out doing, uh, you know, just doing my own mini comics and, uh, you know, just uh, photocopying stuff and folding it and stapling it myself. And um, I just, I basically got lucky. It got me exposure and uh, I kind of took off from there. Um, you know, Common Grounds was originally a, a comic that I did as a mini comic called Holy Crawlers. Um, in the early 90s and I kind of built kind of throughout the 90s and then um, you know eventually those were redrawn for Common Grounds and um, that's that was also the case with Twilight Guardian which was another comic it was the most recent thing I published as a matter of fact for Top Cow um, yeah and it's it's been more luck than anything else and it's it's real. It's difficult to get into this business simply as a writer, but I have absolutely no artistic ability whatsoever. So wow, uh, <laughs> I'm right there. Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> now I see you bring up Twilight Guardian. I see, according to your uh, Wikipedia page, that that's been opted for a film. I mean, how uh, how how does that process go?
1: Yeah, well, that's. You know, that's, it, it's kind of the, the nature of the comic business these days. I mean, comics themselves don't really sell very well anymore, as you probably know, and uh, comics tend to be sort of the, the farm league for movies and TV shows and video games and such. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I mean, the, the companies, especially the smaller companies, I think, are really shooting for, for things to be you know adapted into that stuff. And, uh, yeah, Com- Common Grants um, is... Um, has been optioned by Stars Media for uh, TV. Um, that's been ongoing for a while here. We'll have to see what happens with that. And uh, at the moment, there, Twilight Guardian is either being optioned for a movie or a, t- or a TV series. Not sure which at the moment. Um, you know, the way these things go, though, it's it's probably a one in a thousand chance that we're ever actually going to see it. But obviously, you can look at stuff like, say, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, which died stillborn. So uh-huh. the odds of something like... You know the sort of stuff that I do actually getting out there, eh, you know, but we'll wait and see.
2: Now, was this, a, was this a, uh, a situation where stars came to you guys, or did, were they shopping it around and stars picked it up?
1: Um, you know, I think Top Cow is really good about to getting out there and trying to sell things, so uh, more than likely, um, they were probably shopping it around. I don't really know too much about the deal at the moment. I know they announced the deal at the uh, at the San Diego Con, I think, in uh, twenty ten. So it's it's been almost two years now, and uh, you know, but they originally started trying to sell it probably something like two thousand and five, because I remember writing up kind of a TV treatment for you know as far back as that. Wow. Um, and this stuff just tends to take forever.
3: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we know a little that, bit about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the the last thing I heard, which has been a little while, is that um, uh, Seth Green was uh, considering producing it because he's a fan wow. of the book Common Grounds. It is, and uh, so that's a possibility. But I, you know, I haven't really heard anything more about it at the moment.
2: Oh, that's cool. Uh, now I, I see uh, in your uh, in your uh, listed works here that you did uh, two issues of uh, Witchblade. Now, yeah, something I've always wondered with on, on books like that where you know, a writer especially, because I I tend to be more interested in the writer side of the comics than the artist side, but uh, when you come in on something that far into it and and it's already such an established book and has a fan base and all, how hard is it to be a writer and to come in and to fit seamlessly in the story uh, for a couple issues like that?
1: Well, in my case, um, you know, there were sort of fill-in issues, I think, between changes in the creative team. And... um, so, uh, Jim McLaughlin, who was um, in charge of Top Cow at the time, uh, you know, got a hold of me about, about doing this, this two-issue fill-in. And um, to be honest with you, I hadn't really read Witchblade before that. All right. And um, so, what, what I did, I didn't want to really risk messing up the character that I wasn't all that familiar with. <laughs> and so, I, um, I wrote a story that was really about the, the villainous of the piece. I created a, a, a villain. For those two issues, and it was really about her, um, so I was able to avoid a lot of that.
2: Now, do they give you like a uh, like a guidebook on so- or, or, or something like that, as far as what you can and can't do, or how much creative uh, f- uh, leeway were you given when writing that?
1: Um, well, uh, yeah, at the time, I I think the only thing I think they sent me like the. Um, like the first Witchblade trade paperback or something, maybe the first six issues, and I kind of paged through that. Um, and then it, after that point, it's pretty much dependent on, uh, you know, just turning in the, the script and seeing what they okay and what they don't. As I recall with Witchblade, I don't think there was really much of a problem. I don't think I had to change anything. Um, I remember when I was doing uh, City of Heroes for them, that was more of a consideration. I had to go back and make more changes because the, the City of Heroes folks, you know, had kind of a, a tight control on how they wanted things done. Mm-hmm. So and since that was, you know, working on a, on a pre-existing property, you know, from another medium, it, it was a little tougher, you know.
3: Now, you actually played City of Heroes prior to writing the comics. What was that like as a fan of the game, writing for the comics?
1: Very cool. I, you know, I, I played City of Heroes, and I, and I really loved the game. And so when they, uh, when Top Cow announced that they were going to start doing uh, their own you know adaptation of the game, um, I went to, to Jim again who was there at the time and I said, uh, you know you've got to let me have an arc in this. And so they, they did the first arc which is Mark Wade, and then I'm the second arc and then I think uh, Dan Jurgens came in after me. Um, and uh, it was just really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it ended up being a really popular arc, and so they, they, they took the story that I had written and they made it part of the City of Heroes game itself, so you can actually go into the game and play it. Um, and they let me script that as well. And I, I've done some other work for them since then, some guest author stuff. But um, it's, it's very cool. There's, there's actually, if you play City of Heroes, you can, um, there's a place where you can go in the game and you can see a statue of one of the characters that I created for the comic arc. And so whenever one of my characters runs by the statue, I haven't, you know, kind of saluted. Because uh, <laughs> I'm a goof, quite frankly.
3: <laughs> now, if uh, you had the choice of uh, other MMOs that are out there currently today, what would uh, what's uh, one that you would, you know, enjoy writing a, a, a book about as far as the other MMOs that are out there right now?
1: Um, to be completely honest with you, I, I haven't really played any others um, the reason I played City of Heroes is simply because I'm interested in superheroes. Um, so I haven't really played the others, and I, I haven't even done like the say the DC game simply because my you know steam driven computer will not facilitate <laughs> the so. Um, but uh, it, it's just like with um, with like console video games. I, I generally haven't played them except say like. Uh, like zombie first-person shooter kind of things because I like zombies. Nice. So it's, it's really more the genre than, you know, I'm, I'm just not one of these people that just wants to play video games to be playing video games, I guess.
3: Now, is that something that would interest you if somebody approached you, so, say, like along the lines of, like, say, a zombie comic or some along those lines, that would be something you'd be interested in in the
1: future? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I am, um, you know, I, I guess it's... Like I don't know. I mean, it's arguable whether it's it's overdone now or not. But I mean, if I if I could find some interesting way to you know to do something that maybe hasn't been done before, because that's that's always my first consideration when I'm writing a comic. Is you know, I just I don't want to do something that's kind of just uh, you know, sort of you know, more calls to Newcastle kind of stuff. I don't want to just to add to the heap of comics that are already there. So you yeah, know, my my first question is always. Can I do something that's that's different from what has already been done? And is there a way that I can challenge myself? Because that's I, I that's what I like to do. I mean, I like to give myself sort of a goal and then see if I can meet that. And that's that's what I did with like Common Grounds and Twilight Guardian and that stuff. So
3: yeah, that's what I love about them. I mean, especially Common Grounds where. It's pretty much something you don't see at all, really. I mean, it's and yeah, I
2: just read uh, Common Grounds this week, and uh, it's an amazing book. I I, uh, let me ask you this about Common Grounds: is it easier to write something like Common Grounds, where it's not one continuous story, where it's like an anthology type thing? Is that easier to write than an ongoing story arc?
1: Um, well, that's a good question because I, for the most part, most of the stuff I've done in comics so far has either been you know, short arcs or one-shots or, you know, fill-in type stuff. As of yet, I haven't really done, you know, a single long-running comic, and that that would be the next thing I, I'd certainly like to do. Um, probably, I mean, the longest thing I've done so far is, like I said, that most recently I've done Twilight Guardian, which was a four-issue series. Um, I, I think the kind of stuff that I do lends itself to short, self-contained stories, so I, I guess maybe I find that easier, and um, that's not to say that I wouldn't like to, you know, ultimately I think I would, sometime soon here, I'd like to maybe do like a, like a super teen book or something like that, just because there's a lot of characterization in there, and that's what I, I enjoy writing. Right. I'm, I'm not a plot guy whatsoever. I, I get totally lost with plot. So whenever possible, I try to just leave plot out of my writing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I like a book like Common Grounds because it's it's nice to have because you can pick it up and it's got the self-contained stories in it. And, you know, if you're reading it like in the bathroom, you know, you can read a story or two at the time and then you're not cutting off a story to have to come back and read later. So I I like I like a good book like that.
1: Yeah, I, I always tell people it's the perfect bathroom book for that reason. It, it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah
1: um, <laughs> you unfortunately though that with the state of uh, the way comics are printed these days, especially with the trade paperback and stuff, you can't use the paper for your personal hygiene anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, uh, now you can try. Uh, let me ask you this: I see here that you're. Uh, You're a uh, creative writing and English teacher. How often do you get students that come up to you that have, you know, played City of Heroes or read your comics and stuff like that?
1: Uh, Quite a bit, actually. I I have a lot of folks who uh, sometimes it's kind of awkward because they will ask me to sign things for them and the like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, probably brown-nosing just trying to get an A from me. But um, (laughs) yeah quite a bit I have people in my classes who specifically are you know are taking them because they've read what I've done or you know that kind of thing and that's that's cool as a matter of fact when I get done with this tonight I have to go or grade a bunch of online uh, stuff I'm not looking forward to that so if you guys <laughs> want to keep me till two or three in the morning <laughs> you know, okay.
3: so um, hypothetically if I took an online class from you could you just go ahead and give me an a <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um it's going to depend on what you got in your ATM. <laughs>
3: how much are we, we talking?
1: <laughs> it really depends on your writing. I'd have to see it first before we start talking numbers.
3: Right? Oh, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> what do you see? You gotta turn your mic on. <laughs> yeah, your mic. He used on a lot
2: of one-syllable words occasionally. One syllables. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, uh, as being a teacher, you know, we, you know, you, I know, sometimes uh, from being a government employee myself, sometimes they're a little hinky on that. Have you ever caught any flag from your uh, administrators at school or the school board or anything for uh, doing the comics outside of school?
1: Um, no, I'm not... <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> He might get some so for this what podcast.
2: You, what you that? I'm, uh... <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I, as a law enforcement officer, uh, the administration is not uh, not a big fan of uh, me doing this show, and I, I just didn't know. You know, I know sometimes they oh, get okay. overly okay. Uh, overly sensitive to uh, to uh, people in a public position like that doing anything outside of their regular job, and I just didn't know if that has been anything you'd had to deal with.
1: No, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm doing a comic called, you know, like, Chester the Molester or something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not doing a comic called Slacker and the Man. Well, Dusty, <laughs> you, you've got to cancel your Chester the Molester comic. <laughs> um, if gonna now, uh, uh, what, what
2: What do you ha- Do you have anything in the works, anything that we can look forward to that uh, you've got in the works that's going to be coming out soon?
1: Um, actually, right now I'm just, I'm working on some uh, some pitches for stuff, which is, uh, it's really unusual for me because, you know, I've been doing this for I don't know. I, I think my first professional work was like the late '90s. I, I did a Turok thing back then. So I've been doing this for a while, but I've never actually pitched anything to a comic company. I, as I said, I've always just been lucky in that they've they've come to me, and it's kind of you know things have snowballed, and and I've been able to do this stuff. But I'm I'm not really familiar with pitching, so uh, at the moment, I you know I'm I'm working on some stuff because I. I, I don't think I can go through the rest of my career just uh, you know sitting here waiting for him to come to me. So
2: now, if you had what, what's your dream book out of the existing books? If you had one book you could come on board and have you know complete creative control and take the character or characters wherever you wanted to go, what book would you want to write?
1: You know, it's it's a really tough call. As I said, I, I think if I was to to take an existing book, it'd probably be some sort of a team book. Um, I think my ultimate my really dream job would probably be doing something like um, maybe Doom Patrol, but oh, nice. only if I could have it maybe set in the 60s, because I'm very much a Silver Age kind of guy. Oh, um, if I, I'd love to do like a Dial H for Hero comic, because I, I think the kind of thing that I do would lend itself to that. So of self-contained and, and a lot of different heroes. Very cool. Um, if I If I were to do a more, like, a major character. See, I, I tend to go toward the second and third rate, you know, characters more, but if, if it was a major character, you know, I'd love to do like, maybe like Captain America, um, nice. something like that, maybe something with the thing or, you know, that kind of thing. But, but again, I think teen books would probably be my best bet just because of the characterization involved.
3: Right on. Well, you mentioned uh, Captain America. What's your take as far as Chris Evans as uh, Captain America?
1: Um, I, I don't know. It's been okay as far as I can tell. Um, I I like the Captain America movie quite a bit. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how Avengers goes. I'm, uh, as I said, I'm expecting it to be, uh, you know, bigger than the uh, the Resurrection. So uh, (laughs) now, Um, with
2: with the big storyline right now in Marvel being Avengers versus X Men, which side does Troy Hickman fall on?
1: Um good question. Um I don't know and I to tell you the truth I haven't read the comic and I really don't read that many comics these days. Um I would not be surprised if I write more of them than I read which is kind of sad cuz I don't <laughs> read that many. But um uh if it was the sort of the classic Avengers and the classic X-Men um I don't know, you know, I I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Avengers. Right. So uh, I, I might lean more that way. I mean, if we're if we're not if we're not doing the standard kind of nerdish fanboy arguing over who's you know more badass <laughs> and that kind of stuff.
2: Now, do you uh, do you uh, with you uh, you know your books coming out and all? Do you hit the convention circuit at all with that?
1: Um, I used to quite a bit when I was doing small press and the like. Interestingly, since I've been doing this professionally, I haven't really been able to. Um, <laughs> Simply, it it tends to be more money consideration than anything else because I just uh, until I'm able to do this more, you know, full time, uh, it's just really expensive to be to be doing the conventions, which is probably you know it it probably becomes a vicious uh, cycle there because I uh, I could probably line up more work I guess if I was out there schmoozing and the like, right? Um, but uh, you know, I I do conventions you know around here kind of. Around the state and the like I occasionally get to go someplace else. I just came back down um, here this last weekend from uh, Virginia I did a um, they were having a literary festival at a college there and the um, the theme was comics this year so I got to do a speech which is really cool nice um, it, it was and they, they, they paid my way and I got lots and lots of move off for it and,
2: um. <laughs> good deal now when you were when you were doing the small press at the convention uh, circuit, what's the oddest thing you ever had happen to you at a convention because I we you know we, we hit Man. the conventions here in the Florida and in the south quite a bit and there's all kinds of odd stuff that goes on especially oh. with, we cause a lot of it. yeah we we, uh-huh. we have been on to call some of it so what's the most interesting or odd thing that's happened to you at a convention?
1: Oh boy, that's a that's a tough call. I don't know. I, <laughs> I used to, I used to do like Chicago regularly every year, and there was all kinds of stuff that, that went on there. Um, I couldn't tell you right offhand. I I always remember meeting Mr. T. That was kind of uh, cool. <laughs> I, I remember standing there next to him, and people were taking our pictures together. And you know, Mr. T had all the, the gold jewelry and everything. And um, I I think I said something to him about his hair. And I remember he he looked over to me and he he looked at mine. I, I looked like Jesus at the time, and, uh, and and he said, "I wish I wish I could grow mine that long." And I, I think he was talking about my hair. I don't know.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, he was a really cool guy. I, I was. I, I. I. He was a really personable guy and just a nice man.
2: Very nice. All right. Would well, anybody have any more questions for uh, Mister Hickman?
3: Uh, we. uh yes dusty i'm trying to th- i had something earlier but then i don't know was it about was it about the dallas cowboys yes uh, what's it like playing for the dallas yeah, well, cowboys just to let everybody
2: know when we were talking about having this interview tonight Dobbs, who who doesn't get into the comics a whole lot got really excited because at first he thought we were saying troy eggman no 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 yeah. I, knew it different. I was just being an ass
1: yeah see that that's the problem guys i if if you don't know comics you think that I'm Troy Aikman. If you do know comics, you think that I'm the guy that killed the human torch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, it's funny you say that because when Dusty first told me about the interview, I'm like... Isn't that the guy that killed a human torch? No, 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 <laughs> Common ground. Oh, oh no, okay. No, we okay. don't want that guy on. Yeah, no. yeah. Screw um, that guy. Actually,
3: he don't want to be on. <laughs> <laughs> that, too.
2: <laughs> All right, Mr. Hickman. Well, we're going to let you go. We appreciate it very much. Feel free to let us know anytime you've got something new coming out. We'd love to have you. Your great interview. We'd love to have you back on the show to promote it anytime you've got something new coming out. Or even if you just want to talk, uh, if you get bored on a Sunday night, let us know. We'd love to have you back on the show. <laughs>
1: You mean if I feel like I'm going to kill again, maybe I should call in and talk to you guys? Or- yes, oh, absolutely yeah. call us if you're going to uh, kill somebody. Okay, okay. I would like to ask one more <laughs> sure. thing.
3: Okay. Uh, a lot of times on his Facebook, he does a Hickman Hurts My Head. He okay. does, asks like a certain question to make <laughs> you think. You got any for us? Um, anything you've done lately you think would be a good
1: for this podcast?
0: Remember, we're all doctors and lawyers here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the last question i asked ask on there is uh, – if you were able to get a hold of a pair of the uh, x-ray specs that they used to have in comics would you use them to look through people's clothes why or why not absolutely because i like mashers
3: (laughs) (laughs) that is a responsibility none of us can be trusted with
1: (laughs) i I would
3: use them sparingly but you're a a liar liar. (laughs) there's a lot of stuff you don't a lot of people you don't want to see naked yeah but but there's a lot i do yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I put like a blinder on like the bottom of them. No, wait, like spectacles, huh? Doctors like oh, bifocals, I mean, yeah. yeah. no why well, I just I would just put a, like a sheet of paper oh, hang it off the bottom, like uh, okay, so I don't I see you. any dogs. I got you. I got you. Oh, God,
1: I <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure you really have to have those spectacles anymore because you can just become a TSA agent. So yeah, so there you go. <laughs>
2: All right, Mr. Hickman. Well, we appreciate it very much. And like I said, anytime you want to talk, anytime you got something to promote, let us know. We'll be more than happy to have
1: you on. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a good one. Thank you.
2: Thank you, too. Bye. Very good, Dustin. you say I love you? What? Yeah, yeah. You should end every interview we do that way. <laughs> <I do>. Honestly, you should say I love you, I love you after yeah. every interview. That was a good like interview. With that, like uh, with uh, the you. female
3: cop at uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur World. Yeah, that's... Hey, don't hate on me.
2: You were in the doghouse for that one. <laughs> yeah, I had trouble with that one. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <do>. Oh, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, so for episode 219 of <laughs> Slacker and a Man of SlackerandtheMan.com, this is Dobbs. This is. Nash. What?
3: Well,
2: I'm dusty. I'm the man, and uh, luckily I didn't have any uh, blood in my stool. Yes, yeah, you did. Crude, but effective.
3: Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Everyone must please. not
1: panic. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. Listening to the Long Coat Mafia, capish?
0: Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode, or I should say, that interview that the crew from Slacker and the Man did about ten plus years ago, give or take. Now, I know some of you out there probably wondering why this episode had that explicit rating attached to it. Well, uh, as I might have stated at the start of the show, Slacker and the Man back in the day by today's standards could could be considered problematic and I'd rather have that e there as a safeguard for all of you as a warning uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't share a complete episode of slack in the man because by today's standards it they could be problematic uh, yes I understand for those of you regularly regularly listen to uh, the show between me and Sasha, that things can be problematic or very explicit. Uh, it's We're both each other's buffer in regards to that, if we said something wrong. But uh, with Slacker and the Man, there it was no buffer like that, and therefore I'd rather keep things relatively simple. Now, again, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, and once again, we have a lot of stuff. Good chance we have a lot of stuff coming out for all of you this week. Stemming from Forest State Comic Con. I hope this held you over. Don't forget for those of you out there. That want to help support the show. We got a Patreon. we uh, That is only three, $3 a month. That you get a whole mess of perks to it. And we're trying to keep those perks going. For all of you. And we have. Uh, the W for you to buy. If you so wish. Just head on over to D-U-B-B-Y dot And at tech checkout. Entering code LCM podcast for 10% off your order. And uh, either way, if you don't want to do either of that, uh, the our Patreon or our uh, buying through Dubby, because either you don't like Dubby or like Sasha or is allergic to coffee based products, uh, we do have a tip jar. Uh, the link is in the description down below. Yes, I understand it is GoFundMe, but to us, that's a little bit more secure. And uh, if certain goals are hit, there are certain things that we'll do it for all of yours enjoyment. And all the funds that we get are go straight into the show to keep the lights on. Uh, it's for travel costs, uh, new equipment, keeping our equipment in working order, and so forth and so on. The better equipment we can get, the... The way the show lasts the longer, the longer we could keep going and so forth and so on. And we hope we, we could see all of you at the next Four State Comic Con. Whether it be in Hagerstown or Harrisburg. We hope to see you guys in Gal Zan. And if we haven't said it already, thank you all at Four State Comic Con, Harrisburg. Uh, it was great seeing you all. Hope to see you guys and gals and aliens of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors again sometime in the future so take care and as i usually say on the regular episodes i'm a gamer and i'm wearing a bikini you just have to have me prove it later bye bye
1: you've been listening to the long coat mafia podcast the internet's most hated and mafia themed geek podcast